Bruce Nolan is standing by. Hey, wacky Bruce! Coming to you from an undisclosed location, this is the Bruce Exclusive. And here's your host, Bruce Nolan. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to another edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Welcome back. Well, this is fun. Winning on primetime against a bitter rival, if I can even go so far, who has dominated you for the better part of two decades. That's fun. I enjoyed that. I got to be honest that the Bills beating the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football was potentially one of the most relaxing Bills games I have seen recently. I was just chilling, just having a good time. And I think that as we dive into narratives from this game, there's a couple of things I want to talk about. The first one is we have some news in regards to the Bills bringing in some receiver reinforcements for a playoff run. I also want to talk about the Bills beating the Patriots. I also want to talk about dunking lessons. That's right, dunking lessons. I want to talk about Josh Allen rolling to his left. We're going to do plurality pie. It's going to be a lot of, a lot of things to talk about. Let's start with the news of the day. At the time of this recording, the Buffalo Bills are planning to bring in wide receiver Kenny Stills for a workout with a strong leaning toward signing him. There has been no official word on signing at the time of this recording. However, it appears based on reports that it seems likely Kenny Stills was released by the Texans in November of 2020 and has been on the radar for Bill's Mafia since then. Kenny Stills is a wide receiver three slash four who has primarily been a deep threat over the course of his career. He filled the New Orleans Saints Devery Henderson role and actually was traded twice, was traded from New Orleans to Miami, signed a contract extension with Miami, and then was traded to Houston. He is also one of the players who was first to kneel for the national anthem a couple years back. So that's primarily where you've heard his name outside the accomplishments on the field. For his career, you might look at it and go, ah, he's got a 60% catch rate. Like I said, primarily a deep target. You can see that with his yards per catch numbers that were in the 2015-ish range for the majority of his career. That is something where you wonder, okay, is it a Cole Beasley thing? I think it's too soon, really, to speculate when it comes to Cole Beasley's injury and whether or not it may be more serious than they initially thought. I'm not going to speculate on it, except to say that more players that are talented at the wide receiver position is better than less players who are talented at the receiver position. I think the whole Devery Henderson, Gabriel Davis sort of role for Kenny Stills has been primarily what he's looked like over the course of his career. This is a little different than your historic street free agent signings that would happen at this point in the year because he is a more talented player 
than most of the other receivers and most of the other players, quite frankly, who are currently sitting on their couch waiting for the phone to ring. So I think it's a great idea. Reinforcements for the playoffs is never a bad thing. If you have John Brown, who's still recovering, and you have Gabriel Davis, who's a rookie, if the moment maybe is a little bit too big for him, if you have Beasley's health not come around, all of these things could potentially leave you with Stefan Diggs and then somebody else. And so reinforcing that position certainly can't be a bad thing. So that game against the Patriots, that was that was fun. I enjoyed that. The best thing I can say about the way that that game felt for me was that my wife and I are Ohio State Buckeye fans. I don't have quite the same passion for the Buckeyes as I have for the Bills. You probably could figure that out by the fact that I'm doing a Bills podcast and to your knowledge, do not do a Buckeye podcast. So I've seen a lot of Buckeye games and the Buckeyes have been a good team for a very long time. Not a great team all the time, but a very good team for a long time. And with that, comes a certain level of peace during games. It comes with it the idea that I don't really get too worked up during Buckeye games, not like my wife does for sure, because there's a level of confidence that comes from knowing you're the better team. And that is what I felt when the Bills played the Patriots on Monday Night Football. It was very different than the first time the Bills played the Patriots in 2020 for me. Still on edge, still wondering if they're going to pull it out. They managed to pull it out on a miraculous forced fumble from Justin Zimmer. But knowing you're the better team comes with it peace. And that peace is what I experienced during that game. Will the anxiety be ramped up further for the playoffs? I'm sure it will. I'm sure I won't be at peace regardless of who they play in the wild card round. Because, again, the Bills haven't checked that box yet. We talked about that last week. They haven't checked the win a playoff game box yet. But they have checked the are a good team box. And when you have a good team who's playing a team that's not as good, you should feel that peace. Here's a bold statement for you. The Bills beating the New England Patriots on Monday Night Football the way they did. 38 to 9 was the end of the term billsing for me. I can't speak to when that term evacuated your vernacular for you personally. I can't speak to that for you, but I can tell you that for me, Monday Night Football 2020 against the New England Patriots was the moment where the term billsing to bills it up. That's gone for me. How very billsy of them. At no point during that game did I feel like the Bills were going to bills it up. And I'm willing to say that because even if the Bills got bounced in the wild card, which I do not think is going to happen, but even if they did, I would still say that. This is a good team playing with confidence who knows they're supposed to beat people. And that trickles through after a certain amount of time with the fans. It trickled through with me. It was the death of Bilzing. And one of the things that caused the death of Bilzing 
was watching Josh Allen roll to his left and hit the third touchdown pass to Stephon Diggs. I have mentioned before on this podcast that my relationship with my listeners is very special. It is. When I have my Twitter notifications and mentions light up every time Andre Roberts has a big return because I did an entire pod on why we should keep him this offseason, or when they light up because everyone's like, oh my gosh, Bruce, he's rolling to his left. That makes me inordinately happy. And I, I joked on a previous podcast that Josh Allen was checking so many boxes and progressing so significantly that we got to the point now where we're nitpicking when we're asking him to develop certain things. And I made a joke that, I mean, I guess rolling to his left now. And then he made a great throw rolling to his left. Let's talk a little bit about that throw because I think that throw signifies something interesting for me. That throw represents why you draft Josh Allen. So let's talk about it. The Bills are in 11 personnel, and they have condensed splits to the left side of the formation. One of the reasons that you will see offensive coordinators do this is if they are expecting man coverage. If they're expecting man coverage, a lot of times you'll see reduced splits to try to make sure that you get stacks and mess up man coverage as you have different routes going different directions from a bunch. There was speed motion from Beasley to get to the flat. He kind of jogged it, and then all of a sudden started sprinting it. The idea would be to, of course, corner the defense and have Josh roll out, throw the quick pass to Beasley, who could then sneak it to the front pylon and get a touchdown. But the Patriots, to their credit, did a good job of taking that away. Josh Allen plants, turns around, goes the other way. Dietrich Wise, who is a good player, for the New England Patriots ends up getting around Zach Moss's block and is in pursuit of Josh Allen. Josh Allen flips his hips around, throws to the back of the end zone, Stephon Diggs, touchdown. Stephon Diggs was not running that route. He saw that Josh Allen was turning back around. He planted and ran parallel to the quarterback because scramble drill is something he's good at. Don't ever run the opposite direction of the quarterback. You're making it very difficult for him. The only reason you ever want to move in the opposite direction of the quarterback is if you're trying to find yourself into a hole in the zone and plant yourself during the scramble drill. Aside from that, short goes long, long goes short, and run parallel to the quarterback. Those are some of the rules of scramble drill. You teach them to wide receivers and you teach them to corners so that corners know. It's one of the ways you can know if a quarterback is out of the pocket if you're not looking at him. It's based on the behavior of the wide receiver. If you're in man coverage, you have your back to the quarterback. You have to look at the receiver for clues of what's going on behind you. Now, obviously, that's not your main concern, but it's one of the things that cornerbacks have historically been taught. Stephon Diggs does his job. At the moment Allen turns... Decides he's going to go away from Beasley, turns. There's nothing there. There's nothing there at all. But this is the reason why you draft Josh Allen. I picked this play specifically because this is a play that quarterbacks around the league can't make. Jared Goff 
can't make this play. Baker Mayfield probably can't make this play. There's a lot of quarterbacks who can't make this play. They don't have the wheels to get outside of Diedrich Wise. They don't have the hip flexibility to be able to flip it around. They don't have the arm talent to be able to throw off of a correct platform. Josh Allen makes this play and very few other quarterbacks in the league can make it. I'm not going to say nobody can make it. Patrick Mahomes can make it. Aaron Rodgers might be able to make it. Aaron Rodgers doesn't quite have the wheels he used to. But he can still potentially outflank a defensive lineman and make that throw. But the point is, this is an MVP level throw from an MVP contender. When you draft a quarterback, one of the things that I have gotten in a bad habit of doing, and I think that Josh Allen's development has taught me, and I think Josh Allen's development has taught a lot of other people, is that we spend a lot of time thinking about all the things that a quarterback can't do. Or things he doesn't do at a pro level right now. When really we should probably be thinking about all the things he can do that other people can't. And that's why you take a quarterback like Josh Allen. You take a quarterback like Josh Allen because Kyle Shanahan says things like a franchise quarterback needs to be able to make eight to nine plays a game that nobody else can make. That's his definition of franchise quarterback. By that definition, Josh Allen's a franchise quarterback. He can make those throws. So yes, we got focused. A lot of people, myself included, got focused on the fact that his mechanics were a mess. His ball placement was bad. But we didn't say, hey, he can do everything we ask of him. Now, he can't do everything we ask of him consistently yet. But that's to be expected from the limited reps he's had. Instead, we just looked at it, good play, bad play, good play, bad play, good play, bad play, and went through our scouting and checked and minused and checked and minus and plus and minus. Like he's in kindergarten or something. Well, you got a minus for that game, Josh, but you come back tomorrow, you work real hard, we'll give you a gold sticker. Our scouting procedures need to change. And we need to say, okay, why isn't he consistent? In this case, Josh Allen wasn't consistent because he was still learning and he was way behind on a rep count. And if you can drill that stuff into him at a pro level with a pro coach surrounded by the same people every day for three years, you can get the high level stuff more consistently and get the low level stuff less consistently. But that's the reason why you draft Josh Allen. For plays like this, you don't draft him for plant your back foot right after with a zero-step drop, a shotgun snap, and throw a six-yard in route. A lot of quarterbacks can do that. It's good that he does it. It's good you don't miss. But that's not the reason you draft Josh Allen. You draft Josh Allen because he can make plays that other people can't make. The defense did fine on that play, ladies and gentlemen. The defense was fine. There's nothing in that teaching tape for the Patriots to go, well, you know, if we would have done this, and that's why you draft Josh Allen. You draft Josh Allen because everything can go right as a defense and you can still lose the snap. 
That's why you do it. That's what people like me weren't good enough at wrapping their head around when he came out. People like me need to learn that. And I know that there's going to be plenty of dunking going on from Bills Mafia, especially if the Bills end up winning a playoff game or two or three or four. And Josh Allen plays well in those games. There's going to be a lot of dunking going on from Bills Mafia. There already is a lot of dunking going on. And I wanted to talk about dunking on this podcast. Because I do think that there's plenty of people out there who had terrible takes about Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills team. But I think it's very, very, very important that we pay attention to what it is we're dunking on. Very important. So there are people out there who said that Josh Allen being successful would be an improbability just because it's never really happened that way before. Josh Allen's a unique specimen. I have gone ad nauseum about why Josh Allen's rise to very, very good NFL quarterback is improbable. If you don't believe that it's improbable, just from a high-level statistical standpoint, from an odds standpoint, you might want to skip the next portion of this podcast. Because that part needs to be understood before we move to this part. That just from a statistics standpoint, Josh Allen's rise is improbable. Juco transfer, played at Wyoming, limited reps, all those things. And you know what? There are plenty of people out there who admit that it was improbable. And I don't think we should dunk on those people. Instead, we should dunk on the people who said it was impossible. Not because they're wrong about Josh Allen, because it will teach you that football is not a game of absolutes. That is very important. I have said this before on this podcast. I will say it again. Football is a game of probabilities, not impossibilities. It's football. Crazy crap happens all the time. But what absolutes tell you is that there's a level of arrogance associated with absolutes. Whenever you take a multiple choice test, people who will teach those tests teach you to take them. They will tell you to keep an eye out for words like always and never because absolutes are very rare in this world. And so because of that, Whenever you hear an absolute, your ears should perk up. Never? It's never going to happen? There's a level of arrogance there. Like, I can predict the future. So there are people who said it's improbable that he will take a step from year two to year three because they have evidence of that. They can prove that it's improbable. But there are plenty of people who said he'll never play well. There was a college football analyst who said regarding Justin Herbert he just can't play that was it he just can't play that seems a little strong and this is the point right here this is the point I want to make those absolutes those explosive bombastic statements are made specifically to get clicks you want clicks now you got to take the dunking If you're not willing 
to play the probabilities. If you say explosive things to try to get people to click on your article or click on your podcast or click on your media video clip, say things that look really good in a headline and make people click on it, make people respond to it before they even click on it. If you say those explosive bombastic things, then get ready for your dunking. Because the world isn't like that. Football, most certainly, above all, is not like that. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. If you want to play in probabilities, that's fine because we have data to show us what probabilities are. That college football analyst didn't say, I don't think Herbert will play well in the NFL and here's why. A different college football analyst didn't say, I think Josh Allen is an improbable player to become a franchise quarterback and here's why. Here's all the data that would indicate to me that it seems like it would be unlikely. More unlikely than other prospects and I'll show you why. There's nothing wrong with that take. And I don't think those people should be dunked on. Not everyone who thought that Josh Allen wasn't going to be a franchise quarterback should get dunked on all over social media. Do you want to get dunked on for being wrong? No, no, don't dunk on them for being wrong. Dunk on them for their explosive, bombastic comments that lack all nuance and a refusal to admit that football is not a game of possibilities. It's a game of probabilities because almost anything's possible in football. We've seen some crazy stuff. But the arrogance to assume that we know the future beyond a shadow of a doubt. That same arrogance is what gets people to click on their stuff. So you know what? If you're going to say those things to generate conversation, be prepared for the conversation to be generated at you. Thinking that Josh Allen wasn't going to be a franchise quarterback isn't in and of itself worthy of being dunked on, in my opinion. And that's what this is. This is my opinion on dunking in general. Sometimes, as Bills fans, we just have a hard time imagining a perspective that's not rooted in optimism around the team. We just can't possibly imagine why someone wouldn't think that our players are the best. But it's a matter of perspective. Let me tell you what I mean. Lemon meringue pie. Does lemon meringue pie taste the way that lemon cleaning product smells? Or does lemon cleaning product smell the way lemon meringue pie tastes? Which one is it? Well, it depends on your perspective. Neither one of those statements is actually false. But based on individual perspectives, it's going to change how you view that. If you grew up in a household where lemon cleaning product was used all the time and you didn't have lemon meringue pie, the first time you're introduced to lemon meringue pie, depending on your opinion on the way that that smelled, you might think it smells terrible like cleaning product. Or it might be the inverse of that. So let's try to have some perspective as we enjoy Josh Allen playing well, as we enjoy the Bills playing well, by all means, this should be a learning experience for all of us. This should be a learning experience for you too, even if you were right on Josh Allen. It should be a learning experience to all of us that football 
is not a game of absolutes. People say absolutes. They frame them and they yell them from the top of their lungs to get people to click on their stuff. So the way we should approach this is we should learn from this. Not that Josh Allen arrived and they can all pound sand. But where did they go wrong? Where do those analysts go wrong? I don't think they necessarily went wrong thinking that Josh Allen wasn't going to be a franchise quarterback. I think they went wrong because they were so worried about one-upping every single narrative that they now introduce things like parody of an NFL prospect. They're so worried about being bigger and bolder and louder to get your attention. Let's just stop giving those people attention. Let's start giving attention to people who understand that football has nuance. And yes, you're going to have strong opinions, but there has to be a level of self-control there. And if they don't have self-control, then we shouldn't listen to them. And if we don't have self-control while we're dunking on them, we're going to miss the real lesson. The real lesson is that football is not built around these explosive always and nevers. It's based on probabilities. It lives between 20 and 80%. It lives between 10 and 90%. It doesn't live between zero and 100. Because improbabilities happen all the time. Improbable catches, improbable quarterbacks, improbable plays. Because the sample size is so small. A small season... A short amount of plays in a game, relatively speaking. One play can swing the whole thing. Improbabilities happen all the time. So let's stop talking about football as if it's hard, fast rules all over the place. There are guidelines. There are things that are viewed as being gospel that aren't. We talked about football myths all the time this offseason. But if they don't show self-control and we dunk on them and then we don't show self-control, we're going to miss the lesson. We are going to take a quick break. We are going to come back. We are going to do plurality pie. Stick with me. We'll be right back. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. 
Welcome back, everybody, and thank you for joining me for this edition of the Bruce Exclusive, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I'm your host, Bruce Nolan. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bruce Exclusive. Are you warming up your shoes, your dunking shoes? Make sure you've pumped them up like it's 1995. And let's do plurality pie. It's going to be a fairly simple plurality pie today. Josh Allen, 42%. Josh Allen getting spooked in big games, in big moments, in prime time. Josh Allen talking about how he gets too amped up sometimes. That narrative is now dead until the playoffs. We'll reevaluate when it gets there. But multiple primetime games have done a pretty good job of preparing Josh Allen for the national stage. As Sean McDermott would say, we have to learn to be comfortable being uncomfortable. And Josh Allen has made significant strides in that regard. Excellent throws. The Patriots defense is still well schemed. I understand that personnel wise, they are a problem. But really the problem with that Patriots defense has always been Bill Belichick as a really good game planner. There was an almighty take last week that we did on Friday that said, I kind of hope the Bills get thrown something from Belichick where they struggle a little bit. And I said, I don't want them to struggle. I just do want them to see something different. And Belichick will always throw something funky at you. Josh Allen carving up a Bill Belichick defense is more significant than Josh Allen carving up a defense with really good personnel. And there is some good personnel specifically in that secondary. JC Jackson's a good player. McCourty's a good player. I know he got hurt during the game. But there's still some good players in that secondary. Dietrich Wise up front is a good player. But Josh Allen carving up the scheme, I think, is more important than Josh Allen carving up the players. Because Bill Belichick is the constant when it comes to defensive game planning. And he has historically done a very good job against these Bills and Josh Allen. And every other quarterback we've thrown at him for the last 20 years. But Josh Allen gets 42% of the plurality pie. Stephon Diggs, 19%. Have yourself a day, Stephon Diggs. Those of you who follow me on Twitter know that I was in a fantasy football championship with some other Bills media and content creators in a dynasty league against Del Reed, founder of 26 Shirts. And Stefan Diggs won me the championship. So obviously I was very pleased. I almost just gave him the whole darn pie just to say thank you. But I am glad to see Stefan Diggs get that level of game with that three touchdown performance on a national stage against a defense that surely was trying to take him away. That's impressive to me. Because Bill Belichick has historically been known as someone who will take away the thing that you do best and force you to do left-handed work. We almost completely forgot about that narrative due to the presence of Josh Allen and Stephon Diggs, ladies and gentlemen. That narrative, well, Belichick's just going to take away that thing. Not if that thing is something you do really well. Not if you're just a flat-out better team with better players who are running a scheme really well. Bill Belichick didn't take anything away from the Bills on Monday night. Isn't that good to say? 
one of the greatest defensive game planners of our generation, didn't take anything away from the Bills. The Bills did whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted it. That's a testament to the talent and the scheme that the Bills have put on the field in 2020. Stephon Diggs, 19%. Matt Milano, 12%. It is not a coincidence that the Bills' defense playing really well has coincided with the health of Tremaine Edmonds and the return of Matt Milano. The more Matt Milano we get and the healthier Tremaine Edmonds gets, the better the Bills' defense play. I have said this on the pod multiple times. This is a linebacker-centric defense. Therefore, you cannot be surprised when the linebackers getting healthy and playing well correlates with the defense playing well as a whole. A couple weeks ago, if I were to ask you, Daryl Williams or Matt Milano, you'd probably say Daryl Williams. How about now? It's going to be tricky. I am probably going to have to do a pod on it. I've said it before. I'll say it again. Matt Milano, 12% all over the field, making sure tackles in space, shooting gaps, making the right reads. He's a really good player, ladies and gentlemen, an absolute steal for the Bills where they drafted him. Other, 27%. Yeah, Allen, Diggs, Milano, Other. And I'll tell you why other is so big this week, because I couldn't pick just one person on the Bills offensive line. Josh Allen had enough time to cook up some wings in blue cheese in the pocket. Really good performance from the Bills offensive line. And with the new guard, Ike Butker, in there, the offensive line is starting to gel in a way that it didn't previously this year because they were shuffling people in and out the whole time. Do you remember... When we talked about the Cardinals game and all specifically the plays that happened during the third quarter lull and how often we ran into plays that were blown up due to miscommunications on the offensive line or Brian Winters not holding up. That's the difference right there. Ike Butker right now is looking like he might be the guard over Cody Ford. In 2021. Now, I'm not willing to say that with any sort of absolute stamping, but Ike Bucker is currently playing at a level that Cody Ford never played at. So he should get first crack at this, in my opinion, in 2021. Now, obviously, it depends on who is on the Bills roster in 2021. Darrell Williams, John Feliciano are both scheduled to be free agents. So I couldn't decide just one offensive line player to put on there. And I didn't want to just do the entire offensive line as a group. But I wanted to make sure I made that caveat as far as what exists under other. The Bills won. There are some run defense things I am concerned about, specifically if we see the Colts or the Ravens or the Browns in the wildcard game. The run defense still wasn't quite up to snuff, and they are prone to having a game or two where it gets weirdly bad for a little bit. But a great win a great time, and happy dunking to you. And when you are dunking on somebody for saying explosively bombastic things like, this will never happen. Not it has never happened, it will never happen. When they say something like that, I don't know, maybe you should just tweet them a gif of Bruce Nolan saying, that's the way the cookie crumbles. I'm Bruce Nolan. Fuck me.